of God, creator, redeemer, and sanctifier. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today, Christ the King Sunday is the last Sunday of our liturgical year before we begin Advent. The image of Christ as a king is one of many that we have in Scripture, along with things like the Good Shepherd, the Lamb of God, the Prince of Peace, and so many more. Now, when we hear the word king or monarch, perhaps we think of a benign ruler such as Queen Elizabeth II. Or maybe we think of a 16th or 17th century monarch like Henry VIII or Louis XIV of France, absolute monarchs who believed in the divine right of kings. Or maybe we think of something romantic like King Arthur and the Round Table. Most of us have never lived, I'd say none of us, have ever lived where at a king's whim you could lose all your property, a hand, an arm, your head, your spouse, your children. The main attribute of a king is power. And I guess the closest we come to that today would be a Middle Eastern sultan or a military dictatorship. So perhaps it is helpful to set aside whatever baggage the title king carries with it and try to hear what it is that Jesus means when he talks about the kingdom of heaven. I think most of us, when we think of Christ the king, think not only of God who must be obeyed, but also God who takes care of us, the benevolent monarch, the loving king who welcomes everyone, who tends to the needs of the most vulnerable and heals the sick. But the lessons for today don't allow us to get quite that comfortable. To begin with, Ezekiel tells us at length about God's promise to take good care of the sheep, to search for those who are lost, to feed them, to heal them, to bind up the injured, to strengthen the weak. But then, he says, the fat and the strong I will destroy, and I will feed them with justice. So much for the warm and fuzzy stuff. And then in the gospel lesson from Matthew, Jesus throws the whole job right back into our laps. Jesus tells us quite clearly that he expects us to minister to those who are in need. Those who are sick. Those who are in prison. Those who are in need of the necessities of life. Food, drink, and clothing. Jesus also tells us that whatever we do for the least of these, we do for Jesus himself. He calls upon us not only to help those who are vulnerable, but also to see his face in the face of the hungry, the homeless, and those who are sick, and those who are in prison. It's not only our job to help others, but to see them in the light of God's love. The liberation theologists put it this way, God has a preferential option for the poor. Now, whether God actually prefers the poor or not, it's clear that Jesus expects us to minister to the oppressed and the needy people of our time. He expects those of us who are not so poor that we lack the necessities of life to minister to those who do. 
Jesus reminds us that his is a gospel of justice and love and mercy. And if we are to be his followers, our lives are to be defined in the same way. Jesus is clear that if we are to accept him as Lord and King of our lives, we have to make his way our way. We're to see ourselves as Jesus' disciples, people whose lives are dedicated to carry on Christ's work, tending to the needs of others. Sometimes the job may really seem pretty overwhelming. There are needy people everywhere we look. How can we, as individuals, or in small groups of Christians, how can we possibly make a difference in the face of so much need? Jesus tells us that whatever talents or resources we have each been given will be sufficient for us to do our part. We don't have to do the whole job. We have to do our part. Each simple action of our lives can make a difference in carrying on Jesus' work of reconciliation in the world. There's an awful lot of work to be done, and we are the people who are called to do that work, to carry out the mission of the church, the mission of Jesus, our King. That's what life is like in God's kingdom. It's a place where people care enough to make the effort. One lonely person comforted, one hungry person fed, one sick person visited, one orphaned child taken care of. When we, what we anticipate, when we participate in God's work, we bring ourselves closer to others, closer to God, and closer to being the disciples that Christ is calling us all to be. God wants a new world modeled on the values of Jesus. And God also loves us, each one of us. God is a God of love who wants to save our souls and redeem us and give us the gift of life. True, deep, authentic human life. God wants to save us by touching our hearts with love. God wants to save us by persuading us to care and see other human beings who need us. God wants to save us from obsessing about ourselves and our own needs by persuading us to forget about ourselves enough, long enough to worry about others. This is God's favorite project, to teach you and me the fundamental lesson, the secret, the truth, that to love is to live. Amen. Amen.